And it was a joy to preach their funeral, to know that they were going to heaven. And there's some I preached that I knew or at least thought they were going to hell. And that was a hard thing to do. You say, what do you do when you're preaching a funeral of somebody that you think's lost? You don't preach to that person. They can't help it. You preach the family and try to keep them from going with them. And you try to share the Lord Jesus Christ and exalt the Lord. But I do believe that there's a place called hell. And hell is real. And I believe every man of God has to preach it. Needs to be preached more and more. And we're going to deal with it today. So let's look in Revelation, please. Chapter number 20. And we're going to look at verse 11. Chapter 20 of the verse, of chapter 20 and verse, or at verse 11 in that chapter. And I'll ask you to stand, if you will, to read this together. This is the unadulterated Word of God. It's the perfect Word of God. It's the forever settled Word of God. It's uh, the Word of God that's pure. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. According to their works. You see that? According to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. There it is again, according to their works. See it? According to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I've told many people before that hell is not forever. There will be a time when people will come out of hell and they will be cast into the lake of fire. Many people don't recognize that, but we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You can be seated. Now let's pray together. Father, Lord, we're humbled to think about such a serious subject that we've got to preach on today. Lord, I pray that we can deliver it from our heart as you have placed it there. I pray, Lord, we wouldn't hum, haw, or beat around the bush, but we'd preach. As we wish we had, we stand at the judgment bar of God. Now, Lord, we're preaching this today to let us know and inform each other of where destination is for those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. This in no way, Lord, is to be preached to scare. A Lord, to try to bring fear to the hearts of lives. 
But Lord, if there's one under the sound of our voice that does not know you as Savior, I pray you'd get a hold of their heart and convict them of their sin. And Lord, that they'd call upon you and repent and walk out of this door today knowing that they've come to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior and been birthed into the perfect uh, uh, Lamb of God's heart. I pray, God, you'd have your way. Give us liberty. Lord, give us freedom. Lord, I pray you'd give us that comfort and strength to deliver our own soul. We'll give you the praise. We know we'll face this message again. Lord, we'll give account for how we preached it today. And I pray, God, that you'll give us wisdom, understanding. And Lord, may we preach it as a lost man saved by the grace of God and headed to heaven and being snatched out of the fire brands of hell and established. May we preach it with humility and humbleness and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to look at the Word of God today, several things that some folks get all messed up on. And I pray that what we say today might be a challenge. And I pray it be a strength to you who are lost especially, that God might save you. If you're a church member, you're a member of this church, or you're a member of some other church. And you recognize today that you're lost and undone without God through the preaching of the Word of God, I'd invite you to... Don't wait to the invitation, but to come down the aisle and bow on the altar. It don't bother me. I can preach while you get saved. Amen. It don't bother me. I just want you saved. I want to make sure that you're birthed in the family of God. Now looking at this, I want to talk about some things that maybe you don't know about. The Bible talks about the bottomless pit. The Bible talks about a place called hell. The Bible talks about a place called the lake of fire. And are all these the same? Before you answer, just wait and listen. I pray that God might help us. I believe that a place called hell is real. I'm not going to spend time this morning trying to tell you where hell is. I will mention it where it's at right now. I can give you verse after verse after verse out of the Old Testament, verse after verse after verse after the uh, out of the New Testament that lets you know that hell is in the heart of the earth. Because the Bible says in many places, especially one hell uh, which uh, beneath talked about hell beneath, and that means it's below us in the heart of the earth. It's Proven facts that it's hot. Multitudes. I can take you back to Korah when God opened up the earth and let the house of Korah fall in and close the earth up. I can give you place after place that hell, literally hell, is in the heart of the earth. There was a time when people who were born again and saved by the grace of God went to paradise. And paradise was on one side of hell. And when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, what did He tell the thief? Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Told one thief that. 
Right? And uh, that's because that's where they were going. But in Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus rose from the dead, He descended first of all at His death to the lower parts of the earth. And He preached captive to those who were in the paradise side of hell. We know that Jesus even recognized hell when He preached about the rich man. And in hell, He left His eyes. That means He was below. He lifted his eyes to the paradise side of hell. There was a great gulf fixed between the paradise side of hell and hell itself that the rich man couldn't get to Abraham and neither could Abraham get to the rich man. I can give you all those scriptures, but we're not here for that. But I'm here to tell you this morning that when Jesus rose on that third day, it brought multitudes out of the pits uh, if you will, of hell to the par- from the paradise side and they ascended with God up on high. And now every child of God, when they die, they don't go to paradise. People may tell you that. They may twist the scriptures to get that. But the Bible teaches us, as Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and the Lord's not in the rights are not in the paradise side of hell. He's in glory. He ascended back up off the Mount of Olives. Are you with me today? I'm trying to lay it out as plain as I know, and I'm going to miss a lot. I know I am. It's too much to preach. Amen. And I just love it. Praise God. I, I kind of like this. I feel like uh, the Lord did uh, when He said, You remember the Lord got them folks and set them down on the hillside? And the Bible said and when he when he was set, Amen. I think he got ready. Well, you know, I'm set. I got the book in front of me. That's set. When I got a Bible in front of me, son, I feel out of this world. I feel on the good terms. I'm where I want to be. I'm where I ought to be. And God blesses. So I'm telling you, He's in heaven. And when we die from this earth, if we are saved by the grace of God, we go to heaven. The Lord said in the rapture, what's He going to do? He's going to bring the souls of them that have died in the Lord with Him. Where's He at? He's in heaven. He's going to bring them back. So they've got to be in glory. Are you with me? That's where, that's where, I'm just trying to tell you, hell's in the heart of the earth. Every time, and I've preached this for years, one part I haven't, uh, I, I do know what the Bible says about it. It said, hell hath enlarged itself. I believe when he brought captives out of the paradise side of hell, hell enlarged itself to make room for the others coming. Have you ever noticed of Volcanoes, God gives the volcanoes in the world to let you know that the heart of the earth is nothing in the world but hot lava and brimstone and fire. Every time God needs a little more space for those that ain't got room down there, He just kicks off another volcano and cleans out another room in hell. Amen. 
So don't worry about hell ever getting overpopulated that you can't go. Be more concerned about not going than when you get there. This past week I had a funeral. I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know unless you've really been close into this kind of thing. As a preacher, I've preached a lot of funerals. I didn't do this with my wife because I was one of the recipients, so I couldn't be there. They won't let you do it if you're the family. But at the funeral, at the last moments before they take a body out of the funeral home to place it before the congregation to have a service of memorial over them, the undertaker will say to the family, we're going to have the family come around for one last time to view the family or view the body. And they come around and that's when it gets tough. Nobody from the outside is in there. Just the family. And the undertaker and the preacher. When they view the body and hug each other's neck and weep and cry, it's easier to cry with the family than it is with the world. And they've said for the last time their last goodbyes to their loved one. They'll either do this before they view or after they view. But they'll say to the man of God, pray for us. And we pray with the family for the last time. With the body together in open. And we pray, and when they get through praying, they take the family out, and then they take the pallbearers and put them out, and there's nobody in the room left but the undertakers and the preacher are preachers. And the undertaker goes over and picks up the little arrangement, slides it down to the bottom of the casket, and reaches over and starts putting the lace and the foam. And the bedding material of that loved one of yours down on the inside. Then they reach up and get the lid and they shut that lid down and they snap it and they got a little crank and they put it in there and they crank that little thing and it pulls it down airtight. And I've stood there many times and watched that happen because I was the pastor or the preacher. Some of you may have never seen that. But when it happens, he always comes over me to thought is this. In just a moment, they're going to pull that lid down and they're going to tighten that for the last time. And that person who is already either in heaven or hell, they're not there, but they're going to close that lid and total darkness is going to be upon them forever in that grave or in that casket. You won't see them no more till you get to the other side. And it's kind of a little frightening thing to me sometimes, especially when I know somebody didn't get right with God and they're, they're already in eternal darkness. Because the Bible says hell is outer darkness. You with me? And they shut that casket and close it. And I say they'll never see the light of day again. It always brings a sad reproach to my heart. Then take that body and preach over it. 
But I want to give you some things out of the Word of God this morning. And I want to point this out. There's a place called hell. I want to talk about the bottomless pit. Have you ever wondered where the bottomless pit is? I'm going to give you the Scriptures on the bottomless pit. You'll turn to Revelation chapter 9. I'm trying to give you some things. I've preached on hell many times. I preached on uh, the bloodhounds of hell one time. That day I remember that I threw my son into one of them rooms right over there. And he beat on the door trying to get out. Matter of fact, he couldn't get out, I don't think. I think the door hung or something. I don't know. But we got him out. But I'm telling you, I preached on hell not to scare anybody, but to try to let you know that there's a terrible place. I hear people say, well, well, where are you going? I guess I'm going to go to hell. Don't change my ways. It ain't nothing life about, folks. It ain't nothing to make a joke about. If I was headed to hell, I wouldn't, amen, I wouldn't brag about it. There's no worse place in life, no worse place in any person's life today than being cast into hell. In Revelation chapter 9, verse number 1, the Bible says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now remember, the fifth angel sounded from heaven, a star fell from heaven under the earth, and he was given a key to the bottomless pit. In verse 2, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose, that means the bottomless pit is also below. A lot of people don't understand. I'm just giving you some Bible terms to get. There rose a smoke out of the pit as a smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And this is going to be one of the plagues that's going to happen on the earth during the tribulation, which I'm not preaching on this morning. I'll give that to you some other time. I've already preached it before. So in Revelation chapter 9, verse 2, and then down in verse number 11, 1, 2, and 11. The Bible said in verse 11, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Somebody's in charge of the bottomless pit. And we're going to find out who that is in just a minute. He said, Which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew, in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apogon. And if you'll study that, you'll find it's none other than Lucifer, Satan, the devil. He's in charge of the bottomless pit, or the king of the bottomless pit. He's not there. He will be. We'll read that in a little bit. Then we find in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 7, I'll give you these terms and then I'll get down to the message. Revelation chapter 11, verse 7, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out, ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. I'm going to kill the two witnesses that are coming back after the church has been called out during tribulation. 
Not again preaching on that right now. In chapter 17 in verse 8, the Bible said, in verse 8, the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Amen. The beast, the beast that's going to appear in the tribulation hour is going to come out of the bottomless pit. Brother, there are strange things and strange characters in the bottomless pit. People don't pay much attention to this. And go into the perdition. There's another thing today we could talk about, but I don't have time for that to deal with perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. I'm not going to preach on that right now. I'm just showing you there is a bottomless pit. And we know that he's got a king. And verse uh, 11 and 7 says he ascendeth out. That means he's coming up. Verse 17 and 8 says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend. He's coming up. I told you the bottom of his pit's below us. I'm letting the Bible tell you. All right. We go a little bit further in chapter 20 and verse 1. In chapter 20 and verse 1. The Bible says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now he's coming down. Remember the, the, the directions. He's coming down to the bottomless pit. He's got the key to it. I remind you that I don't know but one person who's got the key of death and hell. Revelation chapter 1 says Jesus has the keys. The devil don't even have the keys to his own house. Why would you want to run with him? I go a little further. In chapter 20 and verse 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit. Who? Verse number 2, he takes the devil, Satan, and binds him for a thousand years. And casts him into the bottomless pit. He hasn't been cast there yet, but he's going to be. Now that's your verses of the bottomless pit. Now I want to go down and look at something else. We dealt, we'll deal with hell in a little bit, but we dealt with the bottomless pit. I want to deal with one more little phrase called the lake of fire. What in the world is the lake of fire? Where is it? Hell's in the heart of the earth. The bottomless pit is below us. I'm just trying to get you the... See where people are going and get the instructions. Now the lake of fire. Let's just look at the lake of fire. First time you find it mentioned is in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation in verse number 20. In Revelation 19, 20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet and uh, that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. They don't tell you where it's at there. They're going to tell you that they're cast into it. Now let's just look at this for a minute. 
Here we find that the beast and the false prophet, this is the first time in the Bible you find that somebody's been cast into the lake of fire. Do you see it? If you don't get this straight, you're going to get everything all crossed up. And you need this to help people. I'm not only preaching for you who are lost, but I'm preaching to you who are saved so that you'll know what you're talking about when you're talking about where people are going. And then we read in chapter 20 in verse number 10, which I didn't read a while ago, but I got close to it. Verse 10 said, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is a trinity. The beast, the false prophet, and Satan himself is the demonic or the devil trinity. Satanic trinity. Just like God has a trinity, the devil has a trinity. And the beast and the false prophet have already preceded Satan and being cast in the lake of fire, as I read a while ago, and now we're going to find that the devil's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Have you ever heard the preacher say, hell was not prepared for you, it's prepared for the devil and his angels? That's right. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if you... If you fail to come to Christ and fail to give your heart and life to Christ, if you fail to get born again, you're going to go to the same place that the devil and the beast and the false prophet are going. This is going to be yet future. And then you heard me read this a while ago in chapter 20 and verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You say, where is it? Look at chapter 20 and verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So you see it's mentioned four times in the New Testament all here in the book of Revelation. John minds it up. And God said this is the final destination of those who are not born again. We believe, and I've preached it down through the years. I don't have no scripture to back that. I have none to say it's not right. But the lake of fire, I believe, is out yonder in the future somewhere out in space that God's going to put. The reason I say that is because God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And... You can take that for what you what it's worth to you and chew on it a while and you own if you don't agree with it, don't argue with me. I just told you what I thought, and I'll think that till I learn better. You got chapter and verse that changes my mind, I will read that. I know there's a place called the lake of fire, and I also read to you all ago that death and hell will give up the dead, and death and hell will be judged, and then death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. So I know it's different places. I know that much. And I'm not going to stand you here and argue with you where it's at, because I don't have no intentions of going anyhow. I'm under the blood. <laughs> Amen. The Lord looks down on me. I don't look like hell material. 
You, say, you said, you're new to me. Be nice. You see, when I die, I want every demon in hell. I want every devil that's ever walked on the earth. I want Satan himself and all of them dance to and fro and go up and down in the earth and dance and say, the rascal's gone. The rascal's gone. The rascal's gone. Amen. There's some church folks uh, that knows the Lord and they're scattered around the country. And guess what? They're going to say, I'm glad he's gone. Wasn't nothing but a headache and a heartache in my flesh. Wasn't nothing. Amen. A mean rascal. I've been called a mean preacher. Just simply because I preach what God says. My job is to preach. Amen. You go to the doctor, you want him to doctor, don't you? What if, what if your mailman brought you some stuff and he looked at it and said, I don't want him to have that, don't want him to have that, don't want him to have that. But I'll give him this one, it's a big old bill. You wouldn't like you, you, your postman, would you? You'd be over at the post office trying to make something out of it. Amen. I'm telling you, if you don't like the preacher tell you the truth, go find you. Hey, go, you can go about anywhere. You can find you one won't tell you the truth. They're scared. To, a lot of preachers won't preach what I preached already this morning because they're afraid that people will run off and leave them. I don't want to go to church where I, I'm beat down. Listen, if this beats you down, I'm sorry because I didn't preach it to beat you down. I preached it to inform you. Amen. Let me ask you this. Suppose you got four children, or five, or three, or two. And all of a sudden, you thought every one of them was all saved, you know. And you thought, But one of them comes to you and said, Daddy, or Mama, I'm not saved. I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, oh, that's alright, just go on about your business. It'll work out. You wouldn't be much of a parent. Amen. But you'd fall on your knees, maybe not right in front of them there, but you'd be on your knees begging and praying, oh God, I don't want my child to go to hell. Sometimes you think that they are saved and have they been told, told you that they were saved, going through the motion, and you still worry and wonder if they're going to make it in. Don't ever put stock and what they tell you. Oh yeah. I watched their lifestyle. If their lifestyle don't change. According to what the Bible says. When you get saved. You're dominated. And occupied. And directed. And comforted. By the word of God. And you start walking. And they start giving God praise. And giving God glory. You know pretty well. They're at least on the right Light right, but any parent has got children and don't get down. I remember me praying over mine. Amen. Matter of fact, I pray over mine now. They're not babies by no means, but they act like it once in a while. Amen. And I love them. But I pray for them. And I say, oh God, if they're not saved, I pray you wake their minds up and their hearts up. I pray for my family. I pray for my daughters and daughter-in-laws. I pray for my son-in-laws. I pray for my family. Oh God, save them if they're not saved. 
Because I know once they draw their last breath, they're there forever. There's no reprieve in hell. I read this last chapter, or this chapter 20, and I've seen where they stand. The Bible said, the small and great. I like that. Can you look at this? He said, and I saw the dead. Now, we're not going to the walking dead programs. I can't see why anybody want to watch the walking dead. They love that. Got to get home, preacher. I'm going to miss the, the next program of the walking dead. Dead folks. Lord have mercy. I saw the dead. Small. The little ones. And great. That's the big ones. That's the nobodies and the somebodies. And uh, it's the folks who are celebrities and the folks that's not celebrities. It's the big guys and the little guys. It's the somebodies and the nobodies. It's the found, it's the, it's the I guess you'd say, the bottom line, it's those who have been born and come into this world and died without Christ. Everyone. No big eyes and little U's when this judgment happens. And God's going to open the book before them. And they're going to face what God says. Amen. Now the Bible has something else to say. Jesus preached more on hell than anybody. Did you know that? He preached more on hell than any individual on the earth. Don't believe it? Get your red-lettered Bible and go looking through it all the words he said about hell. And you'll see it. He said, they're going to a place where the worm died not and the fire is not quenched, he says. He said, if he took a child in his arm and he said, uh, this, he talks about, he said, these are the great of the kingdom of God. And he said, if you if you do disservice to any of them, he said, you're standing in danger of hellfire. You hear me? I read the word of God. And he says, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth many times in the word of God. Now, most preachers won't preach this in their church. Most people won't believe it if you do preach it to them. They think it's just being a bad life. It's what's going to take you to hell. No, it's not the bad life. It's the denial of Christ. Somebody said if you cuss, you're going to hell. No. Amen. You don't have the blood applied to your heart and life. It's what caused you not to uh, cause you to go to hell. Now I believe if you're saved, you shouldn't cuss. Amen. Amen. I got this little thought. You know, I probably uh, will will be criticized for this, but I believe most church folks, if I make you mad enough, you'd probably cuss me out. <laughs> Somebody said, "I don't cuss." I guarantee you, a lot of people in the church does. Said, how do you know? I just know them. Amen. It's hard. It's hard when you're pressing against somebody. If they don't wet one, somebody said, I just let it slip. 
Get right with God and you won't let it slip. I just said a little word. Everybody says it. Oh. Thou shalt not bear false witness or thou shalt not, uh, you know, bring reproach upon the Lord. Thou shalt not, unless everybody else does it. Give me that scripture. It's not there. So I look at this. I got to preach it as it is. I got to preach. Somebody said, preacher, a loving God would not send anybody to hell. I've heard them say that. Have you ever heard them say that? And God never sends nobody to hell. If you go to hell, the Bible said, and God done told you, you'll go as an intruder. You'll take yourself to hell because you deny the Lord Jesus Christ. God said, all sin can be forgiven of you except the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. And blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is simply denying the Lord and saying, no, 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 no. I don't want Christ. I don't want Him. And He'll say, depart from me, you work as iniquity. I never knew you. That's a loving God doing that. We don't operate like God operates and He don't operate like we operate. Somebody said, well, preacher, uh, the grave is hell. You can't prove that in the Bible. I know we got religions today, like the Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, and some of that today believes that just die and that's it. Annihilation, they say. I'll burn you up and that's it. Over and done. But that's not so. We got others that said, well, if you die, they, your family can put you in pur- you, I mean, you'll go to purgatory and they've got so many hours or so many days uh, to seek the face of God and get you out of there to come to the priest and so much money to pay. And after you get that paid for, we'll get them out of purgatory. That ain't so. When you die, it's over. I heard a preacher preach this, I guess, I don't know, several years back. About two truck drivers. One is a born-again saved truck driver. Sometimes you have the idea that truck drivers are all bad. But I've met a few good ones. Matter of fact, we give tracks out to a lot of good ones. They get literature from us right here, and they give it out at the truck stops. And this fella had him a load of tracks with his load. He's going out in his truck. He had them. And his truck stopping. Some old fella come up and in another truck, and he knowed him, knowed him for quite some time. And the old truck driver's wicked. He said something to him. He said, you know, I'll be down the road in a minute. I'm going to pass you up. I'm going to pay you no attention. Because he kind of got ill at the young man who was saved and born again because he'd been witnessing to him every time he stopped. He said, I'm going to come down the road in a little bit and I'm going to pass you up and keep a going. Good day. He said, the Christian truck driver pulled out down the road. Went on. After a while, the other old truck driver, he looked up and saw him in the mirror. 
And here he come down the road just getting it. Said he's running at least 80 mile an hour. Passed that old truck driver up. So he went by him, tooted his horn, beep, beep, went on. And he said, there he went. He said about three or four miles above the road there. You notice taillights and car lights. Note something that happened. He'd come around this curve that truck driver had and too fast and he wheeled the truck around and it turned over and went down a ravine. Landed on its top. And said he stopped behind it over there as close as he could get. Run up through there and people were down at the truck trying to get him out. And said the diesel fuel started leaking for some unknown reason the diesel fuel caught on fire and he was pinned in upside down in that tractor and couldn't get out and he caught on fire and it's starting to burn to come up to the cab and he's hollering get me out of here get me out of here get me out somebody get me out of here said crowds is moving around trying to get him out and said finally said finally the officers and fire department said get back it's too hot so it got so hot they couldn't hit, couldn't get to him and they could hear him faintly crying and screaming and finally he went silent and the old fireman stood beside that saved truck driver and said well one thing about it, his suffering's over. And the old truck driver said, not really. It's just got started. And people in hell this morning are screaming day and night continually for one drop of water. I could read to you the 16th chapter of the book of Luke. People don't pay much attention to this. And we're living in a world, brother, that people don't care about other people. We're living in a nation that wants to destroy babies from the womb so they don't care about souls. You know what they're more interested in in our society today than anything? Transgenderism, homosexuals, and perversion. They're more concerned about that. Amen. They've legalized it where you can have an abortion. I hope they get it changed. Legalize where you can get an abortion anytime, on demand, what, whenever you want to. But yet if you have that child and birth it and bring it into the world, and you decide you don't want it in two weeks and you kill that child, they'll put you on trial for murder. Amen. Ain't that a bad thing? Human life don't mean nothing. Human life don't mean nothing. Hell is full with people like that. You know the thing about it is there's some people that are good people in hell. They paid their bills. Some of them better than some of the people they went to church with. You hearing me? Some of them had some standards about their life. They had some things that they did that others didn't do. And they're going to be in hell with that crowd. That There's weeping and wailing. And it's going to be an eternal darkness. And they can't see one another. 
and they're going to chew and gnaw on one another, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Hear me! Hell is a populated place. And the only way you can get out of it or keep from going there is by giving your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust today you're saved. I, I'm just getting wound up to preach, but my time has done caught me. And I'm telling you, I've told you some truths today that you need to recognize. Now don't back down on it. Something that's needed. Heads bowed. They come the instruments, I pray this morning that the Lord might have His way. I don't know your soul. I didn't preach this morning to stir you up or to...